are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors just like you about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Welcome to the Flexible Advisor podcast, where my co-host David Partain and I talk with thought leaders throughout the advisory industry. We seek to invite guests that will provide unique insights and actionable ideas for advisors that want to fine-tune or grow their businesses while deepening client relationships. You know, David, during times of uncertainty, which we've had a lot of this year, my mind often wanders to preparing for a worst-case scenario situation. Do I have enough liquid savings? What happens if someone close to me gets ill? What can I control and what is out of my control? I'm guessing that during the pandemic, clients have been asking these types of questions more and more to their financial advisors. And while advisors may not have all the answers, we hope that they are well-equipped with trusted experts in estate planning, insurance coverage, healthcare professionals to help them get their clients the guidance that they need. And today, I'm delighted to have Rebecca Wohn on the podcast. Rebecca is principal and founder of Chartwell Insurance Services. Rebecca started Chartwell because she felt that high net worth individuals were often inadequately covered because in many cases, their advisors did not always understand the intricacies of insurance tools and coverage. Rebecca believes that wealthy individuals and their families often need a customized approach to property and casualty insurance, and that can be handled by a dedicated specialized brokerage. Her own interest in the art world complements the passion of Chartwell clients who are collectors. She understands the challenges of acquiring, protecting, and maintaining valuable collections. And Rebecca often refers to herself as an insurance geek, which pairs really well with David and I, who put ourselves in the camp of being research geeks. Rebecca, welcome to the Flexible Advisor podcast. Thanks so much, Laura. Rebecca, this is um, a real honor to speak with you. As I looked at your background as a University of Chicago grad, University of Penn grad. So, Laura, we are actually speaking to someone who is very smart. So, we have to have really <laughs> good questions today, okay? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry and how that ultimately led to you creating Chartwell. David, my, my background is actually in finance. And I have to say that's where I learned the importance of relationships. When I started in insurance, I was in the middle market sector where it was highly transactional. And I started to receive a lot of referrals in what I'd call the chart wall space. And that's what we call the high net worth space or now the successful individual or those with complex lifestyles. And I felt there was a need for an agency that was singularly focused on the individual. And that was the start of Chartwell Insurance Services. Well, we have noticed uh, during these podcasts and talking to different advisors is that holistic financial planning is becoming more and more desired by clients. 
as you've probably identified here, and we often think of advisors as providing investment management and goals-based planning only, but insurance certainly fits within any holistic plan. There are many insurance agents out there that also provide investment services. For those planners that are not agents, how important do you think it is for them to offer property and casualty insurance into their clients' plans and certainly through their CFP training? They are getting some coursework on this, but do you see most of them implementing robust insurance strategies? Just as we at Chartwell specialize, it's important for planners to partner with a property and casualty specialist who can enhance the services they offer. We see it as, as a natural fit because planners are trying to protect and grow assets and the property and casualty specialists are there to protect those assets and also to anticipate risk. In our research, we've learned that planners don't include insurance because often they're not comfortable speaking about it or they haven't found someone with capability and depth to meet the expectations of their own clients. And let's face it, it's easy to say, I can sell property and casualty insurance, but the hard part we've noticed is, is in the execution. It's more than access to product. It's about understanding the contract language, having an intense commitment to speedy response time, and also to develop the relationship with the client that gives the client the confidence to trust the recommendation. On the CFP training, that's a very helpful introduction to learn to raise questions and to help planners feel conversant. However, planners need to take the next step. That's what we describe as throw a bone out to test the advisor. The planner doesn't want to experiment giving a new relationship to their best client and, and we understand that. Once the planner has experienced the property and casualty process, from the discovery conversation to the proposal, the planner will have a better understanding of the value that the property and casualty can bring to the client relationship, especially when clients are pleased with, with the experience. Yeah, I'll bet. And it's, it, I love that you talk about it's the execution. So what tools does Chartwell provide to advisors to deepen their knowledge about using insurance as a risk management tool? We're very proud of our content. We've got a blog on our website, which is insurance or art related, and it includes content that we think would be helpful for our readers. And our readers tend to be clients and also advisors and planners. We also have the quarterly Chartwell Bulletin, and this is content that we write ourselves on relevant topics. Recently, we've covered things like water shutoffs, residential security, and cyber issues. Also, we tell advisors to use us as a resource. We're always happy to answer questions. And that can be a particularly valuable offer to a planner because if a client asks you a question that you're not really comfortable with, rather than feeling like you have to fumble, you can call us and, and we'll help you through it. I'd also like to add that we can become another extension of the team because sometimes a good property and casualty insurance specialist will pick up on things that the client may neglect to tell the planner. Like if they're planning on buying a home, sometimes there are risks with household employees or with younger family members or just something that never came up in one conversation but might come up with us 
And we can relay that information to say, did you know? Yeah, I think that's so important because I, I'll often use this when I'm talking to somebody that I'm working with or looking for information from. I've, I've got my list of questions that I think I've gone through in great detail. But my last question is always, what did I forget to ask or what should I have asked that I didn't? And I always find that, you know, there are many things that I didn't even know that I didn't know to have that to provide those insights to clients and advisors, I think think has to be uh, really valuable for the advisor in, in terms of building a trusted relationship with their investment clients. You know, I'm sure that, you know, in that vein, Rebecca, there are some key insurance omissions that you may see pretty regularly, high net worth family portfolios. And I know when we first met and we were talking about possibly doing this podcast, you mentioned the importance of liability coverage and making sure that assets are properly titled, among many other things. What should advisors be paying attention to as they look at the insurance and risk management, really, of their, of their end clients? Well, are you really paid attention to our initial conversation? Liability coverage is, is definitely the most obvious. Many clients have umbrella liability limits of only $1 million or $2 million. Sometimes they don't have any at all, and they may have net worth well in excess of several $5, 10 15 $20 million. So the insurers we represent offer high liability limits, and we regularly place programs with at least $10 million. In fact, right now, $15 million is what's called the new $10 million because net worth has as you've seen in, in your time in the industry, it's, it's really increased quite a bit. And, and those umbrella limits need to keep pace with that. Also, another thing that we see is that assets are titled in the name of trusts and LLCs, but those might not be listed on the insurance policies. That creates a problem in a claim situation because the claim check is going to be made payable to the policyholder. And if the trust or the LLC isn't listed, then the assets that should be in trust are then put back in the name of the policyholder who receives the check. Another problem is vehicles that the parents may give or loan to adult children. And we understand that parents want to help out. But if you want to give your car to your adult child and still provide insurance coverage for them, it's really critical that the title of the car be transferred to the adult child because we don't want the parents dragged into a lawsuit, especially when a plaintiff attorney learns that the car that was being driven in an accident is titled in the name of someone who has a very deep pocket. It's all about structuring the risk. We can have the parent continue to help out by paying the insurance premium, but have the adult children own the cars and take advantage also of rented and borrowed vehicle coverage that they should have on their own policies, which they won't have unless they have their own insurance policy. That is really interesting. And as I have um, young adult children who are desperately wanting a car, I'm taking notes myself. Right. As, um, soon, as, they, as soon as they become independent and pay their own taxes and no longer live in the household, 
they should not be driving a car titled in the name of the parent. One way that people can get around this is, especially when they're in college, sometimes a parent's thinking of buying a new car for a newer used car for a, a child who's in college. We suggest title the car in the name of your child at that time. They can still be on your household policy, but then when they graduate, and become independent, you don't have to change the title of the car because it's already titled in their name. And then all you need to do is get the insurance policy. That's fantastic advice. I never, never would have thought of that. Now, I know you you are really passionate about art collections. Can you tell us a little bit about risk to management of those and insurance coverage? And that's one of the areas where we specialize at Charwell. We, we, we really, we love art and we take great interest in the collections of our clients, sometimes in helping them to develop their collections. And those are areas, so collections of art, jewelry, cars, sometimes people have really esoteric collections, and we see an absence of insurance there. What happens is people start to collect gradually, and they'll buy one or two things or three or four things, which grow. And after five or 10 or 15 years of acquisition, they realize that they have a lot of items that aren't insured at all, or they're with an insurer who doesn't really understand or know how to properly insure the items. So a good property and casualty specialist should have a database of art advisors and appraisers. Our understanding of art and artists also helps us so we can recognize when we see something that we think might be undervalued and suggest that it's time to contact a specialist. Another area where we see areas of exposure are household employees and the lack of workers' compensation insurance. A lot of people don't realize that workers' compensation insurance is available for domestic employees and should be purchased because if your household employee is injured on the job, it's the workers' compensation coverage that will provide for their injuries and also their lost wages. Many people incorrectly assume that health insurance will cover employees' injuries on the job. And actually what will happen is if your employee is injured on the job and they present their health insurance at the emergency room, the intake question will ask if they were working at the time of the accident, to which they will respond yes. And they will then ask for information about workers' compensation insurance. So that's a pretty important one. We also notice that a lot of people are very kind of naive about cyber risks and social media exposure. And there is coverage for that as well. And it's not just the adults that we have to worry about, but it's the children of our clients who may have this risk from social media exposure. Now, the liability, if, if you or your family member were to slander somebody through social media is generally covered under your homeowner's policy. But what isn't covered is the trauma that can come from cyberbullying or the risks when your home network is hacked. And those are coverages that you can purchase right now on the personal side. So Rebecca, are you saying that my son who in junior high posted some really dumb things, I should have had insurance for him? <laughs> Well, hopefully you are with an insurer who has a broad definition of occurrence so that if 
your son were the one who were posting something that they shouldn't have and somebody comes after you with a lawsuit, you'll have defense under your homeowner's policy. Uh-huh. But it's, it's, it's the flip side. It's the person who's the recipient of those really mean texts. And if they, you know, sometimes, sometimes it, it goes beyond just superficial. Sometimes people are truly upset. They, 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 miss school they need a therapist and and that's where you can actually purchase additional coverage wow that is that is really interesting what else can you tell us rebecca i'm taking notes really quickly (laughs) and you know on the Mm -hmm. cyber side it's if if somebody hacks into your system and they are demanding a bitcoin ransom there's coverage for that but only if you purchase it some some insurance companies cover what's called social engineering. Social engineering is where somebody will intercept an email and give you incorrect wire information, and you'll make a payment very innocently, and the vendor will call you and ask, where's the payment? And you'll say you sent it, and it turns out you sent it to the wrong place. Some insurance companies will also offer coverage for that. And we always say the best way to protect against social engineering is Never accept any wire information via email. Make sure you confirm it on a phone number that you know is reliable, and then you won't have to worry about social engineering. And just as as it it is important for planners to view their client relationships holistically, it's important that the property and casualty specialists think holistically about their clients. What are the needs of the client? Is it security? Is it guidance on best practices for household employment or is it travel coverage? Are they planning to buy or build a home? A good property and casualty specialist will help with risk assessment of a new location before an offer is made and also what risk mitigation devices should be incorporated into a home under construction. When we were prepping for this, you Mm -hmm. uh, kept using an acronym. And you gave me a lot more credit than I should have been given. And the, the acronym was QPRIT. I, I decided it was better to reveal my lack of knowledge about what QPRITs were. But I thought uh, it might be helpful for you to explain what they are because, um, again, it was another thing, you know, it was a very important concept. The Qualified Personal Residence Trust. This is an estate planning device for families who may want to keep the family home for future generations. It's not quite as popular in the low interest rate environment, but if if rates ever pick up again, we'll see this more often. But there are quite a few homes that are in what's known as the QPERT. It's typically funded over 10 years. And once it's fully funded, the creators, who are usually the parents who own the home, are really no longer the owner of the home. It's the trust that owns the home. At that point, The parents are renters who pay a monthly amount or an annual amount to the trust for the privilege of occupying the residence. The mistake we see is that many of these homes remain in the traditional homeowner's policy with the policyholders being the parents. Instead, what you should have are two policies where there were previously one. The parents should have a renter's policy and the cupert should be the policyholder for the homeowner's policy. If not, just as we explained above, if there's a claim, the payment is not going to be made to the trust. It's going to be made to the parents and the funds will be outside the trust, defeating the entire purpose that the trust was created for. 
So if you have a renter's policy and a separate homeowner's policy for the trust, it does add to the cost of the insurance because you have two policies, but everybody will be adequately insured. I will add that I keep trying to convince our carriers to develop a product that would address this. So far, we don't have any takers. Keeping in line with living spaces, right? When we first spoke, it was in early August, and I believe I mentioned to you that I had just co-signed a lease for my college junior, a 12-month apartment lease uh, after having just paid five months of his rent for the time that he lived with us and was away right. from college. And, you know, I was just shaking my head. You know, I thought it was a really poor financial decision on my part. But before I signed the lease, I was scouring the internet to see, you know, were there any COVID clauses? Could, you know, if if he got sent home again, could anyway, could I get out of spending money uh, for him to live in two places? And, you know, I, I couldn't find any. And I think you confirmed that there really weren't. But, I, you know, in terms of COVID, it has so many implications on all of us and our our lives. I'm wondering, are you seeing new types of COVID coverage, whether or not it's for a release or other things that are, are starting to pop up? At this point, we're not, unfortunately. And that's certainly the question that everybody's asking. Is there coverage for this? The reason why is it's, it's virtually impossible for an insurer to collect enough premium to cover during a pandemic because pandemics are so wide ranging that they impact everybody. Personally, I'm hopeful that the government will develop a public-private partnership as they did with terrorism coverage after 9-11. There's been a lot of discussion about it in the industry. Evan Greenberg from Chubb has spoken publicly about this. And for the time being, the government's so focused on battling the current epidemic that there really isn't bandwidth for this really important topic. But I'm hopeful that once life goes back to normal, which we know it will, that there'll be some very serious discussion about pandemic coverage. There's one area where we have always sold coverage for pandemic, I don't know that that was really anticipated, but it was in our travel coverage where there was an option to purchase what's known as cancel for any reason coverage. It provided 75% of the trip and there was an additional premium for this. Consequently, most people declined that coverage because everybody felt like all of the things that could go wrong were covered under the regular policy. And most people said, well, you know, my big concern is if a family member became ill. So fast forward to the pandemic and many people not wanting to travel or being unable to travel because of restrictions. That's where uh, anybody who purchased that travel for any reason coverage was, was actually rewarded. So it's still available. Very few people are traveling right now, and certain travel products are actually not available during the pandemic. And when life gets back to normal again, my guess is there's probably going to be a little bit more interest in things like cancel for any reason coverage. 
So Rebecca, this has been really informative and also a lot to take in since we're speaking to an audience of financial advisors, all looking for ways to enhance their practice. Can you provide us with a couple of actual takeaways from today's conversation? You're, you're very welcome, David. I, I'd suggest that you start by asking your clients how much umbrella liability do they have? And let them know how much you as an advisor recommend. Umbrella liability is, is generally sold in increments of $1 million, so one, two, three million. Some carriers will allow you to sell four, others will jump straight to five, and then 10, 15, 20, 25 million, just so you know how it's sold. And then you can ask your clients if they're open to an insurance review, at which point you can bring in your property and casualty specialist. I'd also remind clients that replacement cost is not the same as market value. And it's really important to be insured with an insurer who's not looking to offer the cheapest solution, but rather one who understands rebuilding costs and an insurer who has a reputation for a fair and generous claim settlement. We see very frequently that market value is actually lower than replacement cost in many areas right now. And you don't want to insure for market value. You want to insure for replacement cost. In my experience as an insurance broker, which extends over 27 years, I've seen one total loss. I've seen enormous partial losses. And if you have an insurer who's underinsuring your home, you will not have enough in the claim settlement to bring your home back to its pre-loss condition. And that's why it's so important to insure for adequate replacement cost. I do agree with you because I experienced that with a roof uh, that mm. I had to get replaced. And it was that replacement versus uh, market was significantly different. <laughs> and that's why we say find a property and casualty specialist whose services can help you enhance your offerings. Well, Rebecca, thanks again for joining us today and for giving us all a lot to think about. And believe me, my college junior is actually going to take title of his car ASAP <laughs> just because of this conversation. <laughs> As <of> mine. <laughs> That's great to know. Thanks so much for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Chartwell Insurance Services, just go to www.chartwellins.com. That's C-H-A-R-T w-e-l-l-i-n-s.com. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 
The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.